0: Hi, this is Jordan Shively and this is Brock Wilbur and you're listening to Carrying to the Void, the podcast where we get together, we tell each other about a weird or dark story we've heard, and then we try and find the silver lining or flip it into something that Pro- probably knowing us is not positive. Will at least be productive. How you doing today, Brock?
1: I I kind of think that we're, we're the, the reverse of that. It's not productive, but it might end up positive. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know what? It varies week by week. I totally get it.
0: I don't want to false sell people, you know.
1: <laughs> Something's going to be good, but another thing is going to be bad. That's what you're in for here. How are you doing?
0: Good. Today? good. Doing good. Glad to be back recording. Yes. Uh, people weren't around for the 30 minutes of polite silence we sat in before this when we both thought the other person wasn't ready but we didn't want to bug them. So we both sat here for 30 minutes waiting for the other person to be ready. Just
1: two overly polite Midwestern boys not trying to infringe on the other. Yeah, just truly incredible. Uh, that's why we're already giggling.
0: So today I think I'm going to talk about an old fable or legend called the Green Children of Woolpit. I'm just going to start by saying that sounds like the worst Doctor Who episode, uh, but I'm excited to see where this goes. <laughs> so the basis for this story is this. Two children appear out of nowhere in the town of Woolpit in Suffolk, England, sometime in the 12th century. The children were said to be brother and sister and also completely green from head to toe. And I think it's of note, that I think this article really buried the lead in that the children were found in a wolf pit from which the town got its name a wool pit. Like kids are found in a wolf pit and you're focusing on them eating broad beans. Also, if you're naming the you're, you're naming the town after something like wolf pit, it seems a little sneaky to just drop the F and go with naming your town. wool pit. It's like, hey, what's that new town like? Is it full of pits of wolves?
1: Uh, no, it's just wolf pit. Come it settle w- here. They went with wool, which implies sheep,
0: uh, but the, the wolf the wolf pit is in sheep's clothing. Uh. But it's, it's like Greenland, you know, it's like, oh, wool pit. Yeah, we're great. Not, wolf, <laughs> not a pit's full of wolves. So these kids supposedly refuse to eat anything but raw broad beans, which, you know, an important part of any legend is diet. Um, the boy died soon after their arrival, but the sister survived him and was said that they came from a subterranean city called St. Martin's Land also populated by other green people. The girl was said to have been headstrong and wanton, which as we've seen in some of these past historical accounts just means that they probably had a personality and advocated for themselves. She was said to have been married to a lord of some type, which seems odd for a green child from a wolf pit, but okay, whatever. And that's the whole story. So right off the bat, this strikes me as an early story where we get a lot of conspiracy alien cryptid lingo from you know like little green men also people who are engaging with this tale even have tried to say that they were aliens uh-huh. like there was an art there was an article by astronomer Duncan Lunin where he goes into great detail like very science fiction detail about the aliens diet and the orbit of their planet which i mean i feel like is reaching for a story about green wolf pit children the majority of the texts because there were some historical texts at the time that deal with this either put it into the category of a fantastical fable or an interpretation of some kind of actual historical event, the two main accounts very much sound like they are books from Warhammer 40k, but they are folk tales by Williams and Newbergs in his Historia rerum angulorum, which was in 1189, and Ralph Cogshall's Chronicum Anglicum in 1220. That has to be about Space Marines, but. Apparently, it's about two children in a wolf pit. But interestingly enough, this seems to have been turned into the classic babes in the woods tale, where the children aren't from a subterranean city, but instead are left in the woods by a wicked uncle to die. And they are green because they have been poisoned with arsenic. This leads to a variety of similar stories, but all focus on imperiled children and poisoning, which to my mind gives us a through line to stories like Hansel and Gretel, etc., where it's like... I guess a lot of kids were getting left in the woods, you know, like some of these stories might've been like PSAs of the time, you know, Hey well, I kids. I
1: can that in Hansel and Gretel, like it didn't matter that the witch put them into the oven because they'd already been poisoned to
0: die. Yeah. That's like, that's like the undercurrent that like everyone knows, you know, like you don't say that part cause it's so culturally known. Well, those are some poison kids in a forest, you know? Um, but it's probably like these stories were like PSAs, I think, you know, it's like, um, Hey kids. Don't trust your family. Life is hard, and they might try and kill you. Also, the PSA is don't eat vegetables, which is, uh, huh. Yeah, if you're going to on a forest trip with your family, maybe um, don't drink any drinks that have been opened, you know, none of that kind of stuff. Either way, as a pure fantasy, cultural allegory, or a historical mor- morality tale... The Green Children of Woolpit is a story that has seeped its way into the bedrock of a number of folkloric cultures of storytelling from the 12th century all the way to our conspiracy boards now with little green men. And it's weird that it's from the 12th century. So that's the whole little story about where stories of little green people come from. Right on. And my carrying into the void moment for that is, so you're at the bottom of a pit. So what? You've been here before, and this story will repeat itself again. Abandoned wells, ravines, oubliettes, dark basements. The powers that be love to fucking try and hide the truth of you in deep, dark places. But what they don't know is that you're never alone in the dark. You have friends in low places, and your roots run deep and far. This is your home, and you know every step of it like the back of your hand. A hand that all you have to do is reach out with, and something... Something that has been there beside you all along, waiting for you to need it, will reach back and grab hold. And those who think themselves rid of you, well, they'll never see you coming. I like it. Nobody puts baby in a wolf pit. <laughs> oh my God. My favorite version of the uh, recent, like, I am baby memes was someone wrote, I am baby, but I crave power. I can get on board with that. All right. So what's your story this week?
1: Uh, I'm actually going to switch mine up uh, to fit with yours. Um, this one uh, is called the Nastapoca Arc. So uh, in the Hudson Bay, there is uh, this section uh, over on the, uh, the east side where there is a giant 250-mile uh, perfectly circular hole stamped into it. Uh, it cuts into the land a little bit so you can sort of see it, uh, but it is this giant indentation that is a perfect circle. Uh, And it sort of extends into Canada. Uh, And so no one really understands why it is there. Because uh, if it was of that size and if it was uh, an asteroid or extraterrestrial in origin and and crashed there, uh, it would have caused the same level of effect to the planet as uh, when the uh, asteroid hit the Yucatan Peninsula and uh, destroyed the dinosaurs and ended the Cretaceous period. So... That definitely didn't happen from this, Uh, so they have difficulty explaining, and since the 70s, scientists have been trying to figure out how this happened, and at first they were like, maybe this is naturally occurring, and everyone's like, yeah, but it's like a weird, perfect (laughs) circle, like, there's no way that that tracks, so of course this invites a lot of alien speculation, but it also invites uh, questions about tectonic plates, Uh, but like... Nothing besides the aliens really seems to answer all the questions. And even scientists are like, every, like every year uh, somebody presents a new theory about this and everyone else goes, eh, but, but this. And so there's just a, a long history, including uh, up until last year, of new scientific documents coming out about it. And perhaps the most fascinating part is that uh, in that area, in that 250 mile perfect circle, there is less gravity than anywhere else on the planet.
0: No, there isn't. There
1: is less gravity. Uh, there is a lack of negative gravity. Whoa. Uh, so it's just this weird patch of, of, of less gravity, less space in a perfect circle that no one can explain uh, why it's there. Because if it had come the way that they expected, it would have destroyed all life on Earth. So it, ju- it just showed fuck? up. So my gearing into the void is this. Where did you come from? No one needs to know. In fact, you should deliberately change the tale with Reckless abandon. You are never defined by your past, though it may inflict some mold on your present. Maybe you did crash and burn. Maybe that burn obliterated life. Maybe that crash reversed the laws of nature. That doesn't matter now. Aspire to the new and cast confusion to those who seek to pin you down. It's okay if they think you just crashed here. As far as they know, you just as surely could have begun there, naturally and perfectly formed.
0: Awesome but i w- well one thing I want to know from this story though is does any of it explain the popularity of perfect circle
1: absolutely not although
0: or is that is that is that also a mystery for the ages
1: that is also a mystery for the ages also the the area where this is uh butts up against the part of Canada uh where uh, the wendigo is rumored to exist
0: you can't blame perfect circle on wendigo though i mean i fully believe that james maynard keenan is the wendigo that, <laughs> is, that answers
1: a lot of my questions
0: about a i lot mean of things. cultural viruses we talked about that interpretation so maybe oh my god <laughs> <laughs> so what do you have any self-care for this
1: week my self-caring into the void is uh unhappy hours i've been doing unhappy hours video chats with friends at night uh, we started uh, with just, like, watching movies and chatting about them, uh, and then it moved into, like, what if we just had some wine and hung out? And it's just good to see other human faces. Like, it's important to not be on a chat, to, to have uh, an excuse to do this, because went in trying to be like, oh, maybe we'll play this board game, and it's surprising how hard it is to set up a video chat for a board game where people, like, have to have a secret hand of cards or something like that, and it frustrated me very quickly.
0: Like, there's whole studios dedicated to doing just that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, people. People is my self-care. Um, mine is that we're in this time where we're all quarantined and everyone's saying things like, you know, you're going to learn so many things and you're going to get all these new skills and you are get so much done. And don't have your productivity be your self-worth, because in this time, we're also being bombarded with an enormous amount of information and you need to give your brain time to heal from the trauma that is all that information and not be trying to make it also work more productive than it ever has before just because you have all this time but all this time is also connected to all this trauma so productivity is not your self-worth allow yourself to not be productive
1: don't write your novel right now if you don't want to it's perfectly fine no one will judge you at the end of this
0: (laughs) my signal boost is that in the middle of all of this, people aren't really talking about the fact that we have huge parts of our country and people that are will have water poverty. And a lot of that is in the Navajo Nation with the reservations where they are. And so we're telling everybody, wash your hands, all this stuff. But then all these people we've set, we put them into places. We as a nation have put them into places where they don't have fucking water. So the Navajowaterproject.org is my signal boost for this week.
1: That'll be a link in the show notes. You can find that. You can also find my uh, sharing into the void, uh, which is uh, a UK podcast called Trash Future. Uh, I have a couple of friends on it. Uh, it is a UK podcast that has been around for a while, a very diverse group of people. Uh, and and they cover politics uh, from a socialist perspective, but mostly they cover the hellscape uh, that is like startup uh, and, and venture tech stuff. Uh, and so every week it's sort of a focus on like, here's a new company that started up a new app or or delivery service or or robot company. And uh, here's the name of it. Let's all try to guess what it is that they do. And it's despite being like a a hellscape uh, it is, it is one of the funniest things that I listened to, which is like, I didn't expect to uh, just uh, lose my mind cackling in the car. Uh, to a a podcast about venture capitalism, but to really document the fall of the empire right now, it feels important. And it's also, uh, they predicted a lot of things that are accidentally happening now. So it's sort of fun to watch everyone do a sad victory lap. So uh, that's, that's my recommendation.
0: Recommendation. Blame future shock for this. Trash. Future future. trash. Trash future. Future trash. Blame somebody. That's our (laughs) sci-fi podcast. Future trash. (laughs) That's just my stage name. <laughs> well, it's good to be doing this again, so I guess we'll see you all next week since we're starting to stack some episodes up. And remember, until then, keep your heart stark and true and your teeth sharp with mini, and we'll be back with you in the void. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs>